Welcome to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Trevor Scott, and with me as always is Ben Slinger. Hello, good evening, Hello, and good night. Are That's- you feeling rather refreshed from our boys weekend? Because I'm fucking exhausted. <laughs> I'm exhausted. All of that video game playing and movie watching and drinking. Well, most of the drinking. Well, actually, most of the eating. Yeah, eating. Too much junk food. Junk food. Yeah. But uh, no, I'm mostly recovered. And uh, ready to click pitch. Yes. Okay. For those of you just joining us for the first time, awesome that you've joined us on episode 95, which means that we're five episodes away from episode 100. But anyway, we're going to be playing a game of ramped up click pitch tonight, which is a game where we use a random word generator, or tonight we use a random phrase generator, um, where we have an adjective and a noun each, and we just click refresh on the counter three to one click and we take our words and we mash them together and come up with a game baby mm. delicious game baby delicious game babies <laughs> they're like jelly babies but and games. then when we don't come up when we can't think of anything else we throw that baby out with the dishwasher and click refresh again with the game water mm-hmm. with the game water awesome three to one click let's do it jumpier troll <laughs> frilly anesthesia <laughs> frilly anesthesia well <laughs> so the thing about the thing about doing these phrases is i always want to turn the words into names <laughs> frilly anesthesia <laughs> the uh anesthesiologist i guess yep um no i don't well, yeah uh jumpier troll and frilly anesthesia uh, something came to mind is, uh, do you remember that game we did way, way back where you were some sort of goblin or gremlin in a classroom jumping around having to do things? Mm-hmm. I was thinking this is the sequel, but you're like in a hospital and the stakes are way higher. Um, so, I was thinking that it's it's a fantasy hospital. Okay. Yeah. So, it's it's set in sort of like a- a um in another land. Mm-hmm. Frilly, I, I'm sort of seeing that like it's- Almost like medieval sort of dress. Yeah, well, they've got like the frilly collars and yeah, that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah I was thinking that so, too. I love the so, idea of that being like the doctor's uniform. Is like the frillier you are, the more highly ranked doctor you yeah. are. But mm. the problem is, what is anaesthetic in um, in, in, in medieval in like, times? I don't in know, medieval like, times, but it's usually a mallet. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm picturing that you're you're a troll doctor who. Who's like jumping at, at the chance to to be the anesthesiologist oh, I I- in every in every um, sort of operation? <laughs> oh, I, see. I was thinking the troll might be the patient, and they're jumping because the anesthesia isn't very good. Well, no. So what I was thinking is like in the first level, you've just got to keep one per- one patient under, so you're just bashing him on the head <laughs> and keeping him under. Okay. But in later levels, you're jumping between operating theaters and you know bashing this one on the head and jumping over to the next one and j- bashing that one on the head and, and basically keeping them under so that they don't wake up. Right, right. Without killing them. Without killing them. Ideally, exactly. let the doctors giving them uh, let the doctors do more that. than a concussion. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a side effect of uh, modern medicine. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so what do you yeah, think? yeah, yeah. I like that. It, it's a little bit of uh, tapper, <laughs> a little <laughs> spinning plate sort of thing where you're, yeah, not having to uh, sort of balance your time. Um, 
is there let's let's see if we can take that mechanic a bit deeper like how what can we add to it to to make it more than just a basic kind of arcadey game not that that's not good but i just like um, the, i like the setting i like the it's third person <laughs> right so you so you're having to navigate like the halls navigate and the stuff hospital like that. and stuff mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe- um, um, So, you don't just have operating theatres next to each other. That's kind of stupid. You've got, like, operating theatres that are, like, down a floor or up a floor. Well, I mean, this this hospital was hewn from the very rock of the mountain, wasn't it? So, like, they couldn't just choose where to put operating theatres. They had to, you know- choose <laughs> The choose. things were already there. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're ancient uh, wi- wizard wizard beds- if we've got trolls, so, we've got wizards. So I, I was thinking, well, maybe that's just one sort of um, section of the hospital, and there are other things. Maybe you jump between different characters and have different mini games to kind of keep this hospital running. Okay, so one mini game, mini game is that you're, a mini game. You're the MS- I like that. It's like it's you're, a game, you're a, um, and then there's a thousandth of a game called a mini game. <laughs> one game, you're an anesthesiologist. Next game, you're a surgeon. Um, Literally got axes and stuff. Well, maybe you maybe you go up the ranks. So maybe this is a game where you play a character, a troll, mm-hmm. who wants to be a surgeon, um, but they have to start at like the bottom of the ladder. And so even so even an, even yeah even anesthesiologist <laughs> is pretty high up. They're like a candy striper. Um, just you I, know, I like the idea of being a janitor first. Well, so yeah, you're the cleaning janitor, up okay, the mess. Janitors even yeah, and there's going to be a lot of mess. Uh, and then you become an orderly. Well, I just let's 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 pushing patients around. Let's figure out let's figure out the mechanics here. Like, I like the idea of a janitor being a bit of um, visceral. Uh, what's it? Uh, visceral, visceral cleanup. De- visceral cleanup detail. detail. So yeah, actually having to get areas clean. Um, you know, change your water, pick up body parts, and not let them droop everywhere. So to make this a little bit more fun, like mm. I remember one of our, one of our good friends. Um, he used to work in a meat room. Mm-hmm. at Coles. Mm-hmm. And the way they'd actually wash down the meat room was with a fucking high-powered hose. Yeah. So, literally, you just sort of stand there and just blast the shit out of the, out of the room and just wash it all down. Yeah. I'm picturing that that's how you sort of clean it up. So, it's sort of like you're blasting it with- Well, like again, this, maybe you've got- Almost uh, magic hose or something like that. Ma- yeah, it would have to be some sort of some sort of wizard just like magic fucking stick that makes it transport water from the nearby lake. Um Maybe that's an upgrade, though. Like, maybe even each level, each uh, job that you do, you've sort of got a few different levels um, as you go through and get better at it. So, yeah, you do start off just having to scrub and pick things up, and then later on you get a magic hose. And then, all right, you get you get promoted, and now you're an orderly. And that's just a mostly kind of... Well, you know... Moving well, patients from room to room, you know, you got to choose involved. the right. There's combat involved. <laughs> like, if they don't want to be... <laughs> If they, if they don't, don't want, want to be worked surgery, upon, then you got to you got to subdue them. <laughs> exactly, exactly that, and maybe that's where you get the taste for anesthesiology. I think in this game, I think you can jump straight from orderly to doctor because, yeah, well, I, I don't I, I don't want to th- diminish the awesome work that nurses do because they actually do quite often a lot more than doctors. Well, and it also so, just even from a gameplay point of view, it's only what we can come up with interesting games for, right? And yeah. and really, yeah, like. Often, the main difference between a nurse and a doctor is just the degree. <laughs> it's not the sort of work they're doing is not, you know, that much that much different in a lot of cases. Um, 
In fact, and in not, a lot of also, other cases, it's like the nurses are doing the majority of the procedures. Also, and also the, not to diminish the doctors, doctors to say but yes. what what needs to be done, but the the nurses are actually performing the things. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> but I think anyway. um, not surgical, but yeah, you know, like putting uh, extracting blood and that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then that's that's a good <laughs> mini game. <laughs> Find the vein on all these different creatures. <laughs> you have to know. You have to know where where a fucking um, uh, goblin's vein is, which is usually in their forehead, versus you know a griffin, <laughs> which is in between the tail feathers. <laughs> exactly. And, I mean, that's an easy one. Everyone knows that. But <laughs> <laughs> but the Pegasus. Ooh. Yeah, uh, Pegasus. Pegasi just they get they get aggressive when you try to take their blood. And I mean, I don't blame them because their blood has the healing power of you know something that heals a lot. Um, Magic. I mean, then you got unicorns, but you know that unicorns and pegasi are, are very different animals. So, you know, where do you take the blood out of a pegasi versus a unicorn? That's it. You know, you might think that they're related, but actually they come from very, you know, sure they have a common ancestor, you know, in the low- lowly- um, Horse. P- <laughs> pony. I was, well, I was trying to come up with something funnier than horse, but sure, I couldn't do it. Um, yeah, but, you know, they've branched heavily- yeah, one horse. You know, back back in back in the day, you know, um, there were two brothers and two brother horses. One mm-hmm. fucked an eagle, and one fucked a um, one no, fucked a rhino. A rhino. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no. The narwhal was when a whale fucked the rhino. Ah, or a dolphin, I guess. Probably closer, but uh, three to one click, I think. Involuntary gingham. Gingham. Yep. <laughs> like it's like a material, isn't it? Yeah, yeah like just a woven fabric, okay. Uh well that's interesting. Inauspicious pecan. <laughs> Inauspicious, sorry. <laughs> so we have a nut. Uh well So what's it? inauspicious? It's like sorry, uh but- yeah, that's okay. Like unim- unimportant, I think, or um Oh, not conducive to success or unlucky. Unlucky is probably a good way to take that. Okay. An inauspicious so pecan. I like the idea that Invol- you're a superhero. Involuntary gingham? Yeah. Is that what you said? Oh, okay. So right. That's awesome. Yep. I, I have a feeling that you're a superhero whose only weakness is pecans. Okay. Just because you have, ha- a, you have quite a strong gag reflex and you just can't eat them without choking. Um. Yeah, so I, I have a feeling that when you have a pecan, you involuntarily, like, transform into, like, um, a gingham sort of outfit. <laughs> and you lose all your powers. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Because I, I like the idea that you've got, like, this um, this nut-based enemy that- Nut-based like, anima? Enemy. Nut-based enemy, oh. Yeah. And, and so enemy. you've you've got you've got a um, a madman who's trying to take over the world with nuts. Um, so you know people with peanut allergies and nut allergies and stuff. He's holding him to ransom with mm-hmm. by, like hiding different nuts in all these different foods. And it's <laughs> literally like that's where he that's where he's got his uh, you know his fortune from. He's blackmailing. Uh, you know, millionaires who are allergic to peanuts. Um, well, not blackmailing, I guess, like threatening. 
extorting. I don't know. Uh, and threatening to just start putting peanuts in all their stuff. They'll never know where it's coming from. Unless you fund my evil plan. Defeat. What's the superhero's name? Pecan Sam. No, you can't have the weakness in his bloody name. <laughs> well, he's not very smart, <laughs> this superhero. <laughs> anti, anti pecan man. <laughs> well, why so he the gingham warrior? Like, what? <laughs> where does? Oh no, the gingham is his when he's doesn't have in power. his weak state. He's in his weak state. So is he some sort of fabric based? Maybe he's like the silk, the silken. Um, starling, and, and then uh, um, basically his uniform just transforms into like a gingham-like material, which is a medium weight, balanced, plain woven fabric made from dyed cotton or cotton blend. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's just yeah, it's a very plain. It's a plain fabric. Um, yeah. oh, I like I like the idea that it's a fabric-based superhero. So, like, the in more that- power he has, the more fancy his fabric. Yeah, the more like. Um, in one level, of, you can change it into different suits, but um, what actually happens is his allergic reaction turns any of his suits straight into, like, the weakest fabric. Yeah. That, for him, is gingham. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He's also and- just not a fan of the pattern. It's just- no, it's- He likes to be a bit flamboyant. Yeah. Yeah. So, what I'm picturing is, like, you can be dressed in velour- you can be dressed in like a silk sort of thing, so you got really shininess and yeah. all this sort of stuff. But then you know you get hit by pecans and bang, you're in you're in you're gingham, in plain, you're in plain gingham um, clothing that has no slickness, has no like you're in polyester. <laughs> you're <laughs> in yeah. So I, I can picture kind of like a you know the latest Spider Man had lots of different suits and they all look totally different. They've got different powers and that sort of stuff. Yeah. I'm picturing that all these different suits that you choose, you can choose velour to to basically have um, extra power going one way and a set of different skills if you if you move the different way because well, you know yeah, how you so got like, like a shiny and a and a sort of a rough side to, to depending on on the grain that you you. Um- <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. Oh, I was thinking each different fabric type would have its own power. So silk makes you like you can. Um- you're a bit slippery, right? You can sort of slide through. Oh, imagine people's grass as you're silk. You know, you're sort of sliding underneath people and yeah, yeah. And sort of slinking around. And velour, like, um, you, you, got, you can create you a you sl- can create a lure because <laughs> it's just based on the name velour. <laughs> it's like a, a you know a, a decoy. I just like the the idea that moving one direction, you can be slick and silky, and you know, sort of. <laughs> Like like the silk, you're yeah. sliding everywhere, but then you go the other way, and you're really crunchy, you're and, just like rich you know, and crunchy, sort of and I just I don't know, how is that going to? But I think maybe that would more be a like you can switch modes, um, but to do yeah. so, he just like rubs his whole body in one direction <laughs> 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 against or with the grain. Um, what sort what sort of moves can you get for leather? Ooh, leather! I mean, whips. You just it changes your weapons. <laughs> I you thought just, that would be PVC. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, that's the, that's the, the latex. Cheap, that's the cheap version. That's the underpowered version of leather. Maybe each I was thinking one leather is its- in leather jackets, not leather is in gimp mask. <laughs> well, depends which way you want to go. Uh, I kind of I like the idea of um, uh, like I do like the idea of all the different uh, things, but when you've got velour. Like, yes, being able to switch, but I also like the idea of, of having 
game, like the, from the gameplay perspective, of there being two modes that, like, yeah, if you like, I don't know, have to slip through a, a small space, then it then it switches you to the other mode because all your fabric gets like pushed in that one direction. Um, <laughs> and then you can't do anything about it until you like slip back the other way or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Okay, through to one Yeah. Stung Supersonics. Psychedelic rigging. <laughs> okay. It's like a bit like rigging. It's like on a boat or something. Um, or what else says rigging? Like a, a big top? Maybe? Like a okay. tent? Okay. Okay. My mind is going psychedelic. And rigging has mm-hmm. taken me to the Bermuda Triangle, sailing okay. a boat. Okay, in this, boat, right, yep. Like, in this insane psychedelic sort of- You're seeing lots of almost northern lights sort of thing. Yeah, I was going to say, it's almost like some sort of magnetic storm that's creating northern lights kind of, um, kind of lights, yeah, effects. So, by rigging, I'm seeing it as sort of like a pirate game, sort of set within- um, I'm I'm thinking something along the lines of, you know, a um a Bermuda Triangle sort of thing, but it's just um you know, it's not physically on Earth as such. Like there's lots of different islands, but it's just hmm. a lot of psychedelic. So is there some in the sort of well I like the idea of a non traditional fantasy pirate game. So like maybe you're a, well, you could either do sort of the traditional pirates get somehow transported to this alien world of sorts. Uh, and when I say non-traditional fantasy, I mean it's fantastical, but it's not like wizards and dwarves and whatever. Um, yeah. it's, it's new shit that we come up with. It's or fantastical could, pirating. Yeah, or you could just be the, the version of pirates that lives in that world. Um, they happen to have something that's very similar to, <laughs> to pirates. Um, stung supersonics. Okay, so I'm seeing that one of the main enemy types that you come up against is like a supersonic jellyfish. Oh, okay, jellyfish. Good, 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 good thing. I was trying to think of like bees and shit, but okay. Well, maybe then this world has like sentient jellyfish in it. Yeah, because usually in our world, jellyfish are definitely not sentient. They've actually got no brains. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, I kind of like the idea of you could do a bit of world building around the different species, sentient species in this world. Um, that is a bit, it is a bit psychedelic. It's kind of larger than life. It's kind of bright colors, but Ooh. you're still sailing a ship around. Like it's still got those aspects of piracy. So I'm thinking almost a bit of a, like a role-playing game, almost bring sort of almost a Mass Effect-y sort of thing, but instead of flying around a spaceship, yeah, I'm you're exploring like this a, new world in a pirate ship. I, I'm seeing like a uh, Legend of Zelda Wind Waker sailing around, mm. beautiful cell-shaded graphics, yeah, but yeah. flying jellyfish pirate ship. Um, you're actually dri- flying, you know, sailing the pirate ship around. Um, you've got good and bad- um, mm. Jellyfish, I think. Well, I mean, so, I think it, I think they're just a species, right? So, um, I mean, yeah. I like could, the fact that the main antagonist is like a mutated jellyfish or something like that. Well, um, yeah, I'm kind of wondering if we even have humans at all, or maybe I mean, I, humans <laughs> having humans in a world like this is somewhat more relatable. But I think this is a world where there are a ton of different species, and so I love this idea of of crewing a pirate ship with a human and. A jellyfish, a jellyfish being, and 
you know, uh, Centaur and- A centaur on well, the fucking high seas, that'd be yeah, fucking exactly. crazy. <laughs> not, well, not maybe, actually, like, to make it- that, that's, too, that's too classic fantasy. Maybe not a half man, half horse. Maybe a half man, half fucking- Shark. Shark, yes. I mean, it's you're on the seas. Definitely. Which half? <laughs> top Does, half. <laughs> top half. Bottom half, man. Top half shark. <laughs> it's like fucking uh, Maui in that scene in uh, Moana. <laughs> shark. What is he saying? Shark head. Um, and, and they just call him a shaman. <laughs> a shaman. Yeah, I like it. He doesn't have any magic, but he's just a shaman. No, no, no exactly. Shaman doesn't mean anything like what it means here in our world. You, you, you definitely like say you, you definitely introduce that word to the player before you show them what it is, just to kind of where they confuse them. It's like oh, to fuck with them. It's like when you get um, on the ship. It's like oh, you must meet our shaman. <laughs> you're like you're thinking like ooh, you magic know, user, magic user, awesome, yeah, magic awesome. user, magic user, and then they come out. And it's just like hey, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> Great white shark head. Yeah. <laughs> Fins like, for Wait, arms. What? <laughs> Fins for fingers. No, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> um, so, do you remember the old cartoon Street Sharks? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically that. Yeah. Um, no, no, but I just I, like- yeah, I, I really like this idea of, of an RPG in this space, though. Um. And maybe you do come on board this ship as, you know, again, the low and the ladder kind of thing. Because, you know, most RPGs, you generally want to be- You want to have that journey of, of building up your skills and, and such. Definitely. So, you kind of come on as a as a cabin boy or cabin girl. Um, obviously, character customization in a game like this. But you can choose to be a human or a, or a jellyfish creature or a shaman. No, you can't choose shaman. You can't choose That's Shaman. No, I guess we need that surprise. In the sequel, you we had to choose Shaman in the sequel. Yeah. Um, what other creatures? I like the idea that they're all- Maybe this is a world where just like there's way more water than, than land, um, but most creatures are somewhat aquatic. For some reason, I'm seeing like a leptor or something like that, which is like a leopard and a horse. Sort of like- um, Okay. B- big ass crazy head- um, on like a like horse sized body, so you really don't want to be going up against any um any leopards of that size. Okay, um, wait, so is it is it like a centaur in that it's kind of half half split down the middle somewhere, or is it sort of more of a, a hybrid? I think it's a hybrid horse slash leopard, um, massive, fast, but yeah. Well, I like um, the idea of kind of a horse ish, a horse ish shaped. Well, are they sentient or are they more? A, a, oh, a yeah, I, I think sorts. they're sentient. Okay. I think they're sentient, but they don't have arms. They've still got only yeah. four legs. Yeah. I love the idea of this sentient being that you just, like, they just let their buddies ride them. Uh, and I mean, oh, it makes okay. sense in a world like that. You'd want to help people out. Yeah. I'm just, I can't help but picture, like, a cat leopard face on the end of, like, the long horse head. <laughs> no, head. Like, that it's, like, at the front of the long- <laughs> Like a horse has a long head, right? Oh yeah, but I'm I'm thinking like the long <coughs> neck of the horse with like a cat head on it. Yeah, okay, I guess that so makes the, more sense. So the body of a horse and like the longish neck that goes into like a cat shaped, oversized head. Right. Yeah. Um. That's fine. Yeah. 
Oh, I like the idea that because you know there's all those fucked up deep sea creatures um, that there are. You know, there's a race of sentient beings that is based on, or maybe like a um, what's the f- what's the one with the bloody you know the the, the dangly light thing. Angler, like an no, ang- anglerfish. Is it an anglerfish? I don't remember. You know, from Finding Nemo. Yeah, I know. Okay. They're scary motherfuckers. Yeah, but anyway, like, um, nobody sees them much because they, they live down in the deeps, but they do come up for, you know, to, to, to trade and to, you know, occasionally, you know, they're sort of the, um, oh, fuck, my brain's not working tonight. Uh, what, what's the, what's the race in Mass Effect with the masks? Uh, with the masks, you know, you know, I can't remember the actual name of them. The I'm looking it up. Quarians. Oh yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they're um, kind of like the Quarians in that they kind of keep to themselves, but occasionally one one of them will sort of come out and, and live amongst the rest of the beings. Um, in like in like a fantasy robot body. <laughs> well, no, I think they just wear like sunglasses because <laughs> they're they're used um, to the deep sea. So. Your, the navigator of this ship is a seagull. Okay. Does it, like, um, go flying off to kind of scout out and then come scout back? Scout out and- Either the navigator or the lookout. I just yeah. like the idea of seeing, yeah. like, this seagull up in, the, up in the crow's nest. Up in the crow's nest. It, it shouldn't be a crow. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's going to be a seagull because it's- Yeah. Um, so, it's a gull's nest. That's what they call it in this world. Cool. Um, it really should have always been as- Seagull's nest, anyway, because I mean, a crow will never be seen, will never be caught dead out, like out on the yeah, out at sea. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just like the idea that, um, this is a really, really like horny seagull. So, anytime it sees land <laughs> and it sees all the seagulls flying around, it's like, oh shit, land over there. <laughs> <laughs> it's just this like sexed up old seagull. So, land ho. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you do that just for that joke? <laughs> you thought of that it. joke ten minutes ago, and you've just been trying to figure out how. To- <laughs> no, I just came up with it. it I fell into it. Yeah, well, done. <laughs> promise. Uh, um, no, I love this idea. Like, I, more games need to just create these these completely different, you know, fantasy worlds that haven't been seen before. And I'm kind of picturing a bit of like a sort of a No Man's Sky vibe from the just the colors used. You know that that really uses that. That otherworldly kind of palette. Oh yeah, like every island has different, different coloured um, trees and shit. Like- yeah, well, well, and I think I'm thinking of this. You know, obviously, um, No Man's Sky is procedurally generated, and so you do get a lot of different uh, different types. But you know, I'm thinking much more of a curated world or a built world. But yeah, that that the different places you visit really have each have their own look and that are very fanciful and and, and psychedelic. Mm. Um, that uh, with your purples, your your reds, your greens, your yeah, blues, just your- the non, you know, the colours that people aren't used to seeing in trees and in water and in sky. You turn up at a, at a in vegetation on like this island, and you got like these purple and cyan trees that yeah. are just looking amazing and just popping, popping like you you're flying by you you're sailing by and you go fuck, I want to go visit that island and see what's what's going on yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, and I just. Uh, yeah, I'm really liking the idea of an RPG set on the on the water too. The antagonist is a sentient jellyfish mm-hmm. that has control of the three krakens. Okay, I okay. say three because I, I like the idea of there being like three in the world that you got to defeat. Right. So this is kind of a 
a an ancient species who live for thousands of years. Yes. And there are three of them currently alive, basically, or left. Um, are we going traditional Kraken, or are we kind of are we are we taking it in a again a a, a more unique s- huge sea monster kind of direction? Well, I, what what I like the idea of is yes, I like the tentacles. I like the idea that you, all you see is like these massive like tentacles reaching up. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, they're not even the final boss of the game. Like the final boss of yeah. the game is like a Cthulhu-esque creature that has, like, tentacles that literally dwarf um, the Kraken ones, which were huge in the first place, but basically they're the offspring of this Cthulhu-like creature. So, literally, the entire world erupts with these massive, massive tentacles. The entire world, okay. The entire world that that you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can see- yeah, okay. I like the idea that yeah, obviously you you've you've fought these kraken like creatures um in sort of, you know, and they're obviously huge. They t- when you're fighting them it's this giant battle in the in the middle of, you know, the certain certain uh place in the ocean that you're at. But yeah, when they're, you know, when their daddy comes up, you're literally just seeing giant tentacles in the distance like you can tell that they're huge because they look like mountains. Yeah, I'm talking you know, like reaching if you've seen, into the sky. If you've seen Cabin in the Woods, <clears throat> the hand coming up at the end, mm. you know, is dwarfed by these fucking things. Yeah. Like, that was a big-ass hand. It was as big as a fucking house. But we're talking, you know, sort yeah, of- Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking, like, these are mountain high. Yeah. Ain't no mountain high. Okay, three, two, one, click. Uh, 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 inundated sickness. Sickening cliff. <laughs> Okay. Uh, I mean, obviously, sickening and sickness is a good match. So, there's a hmm, cliff. It's either a sharp, like, drop off of rock, or it's a dude named Cliff. Um, what, what I'm liking is I've got this picture of, like, this um, sort of mystical cliff that's, that's on this island. Mm-hmm. So, I think the whole game is set on an island, and it's just a small township that sort of exists on the island. Yep. I'm thinking graphical adventure game. Yeah. Um, and tragedy is um, keeps happening over all these generations of people basically um, being drawn to the cliff and throwing themselves off it. Okay. So, it's like sort of- a- it's a- it's the cliff that's well known for the amount of people who have committed suicide. Yeah. And, and um, is, is that a higher amount in this town than, like, than you would- uh- Expect, yeah. If, I'm thinking that this is almost like a a supernatural sort of thing. In that, every year around a certain date, someone has thrown themselves off this cliff. Okay. So it's always it always sort of coincides with like I'm thinking maybe the um, the spring equinox or something like that, sort of tying into um, a bit of pagan stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm picturing like a um, Maybe based based off like an island off the coast of Scotland or something like that. Sure. Um, I'm trying to picture what sort of year it should be. I'm thinking maybe 1600, 1700, something like that. So no technology, but just okay. the idea of there being like it's a it's a small little little town on this island. Mm. What's the okay? So like, what do the people on this island do? What is their life like? 
They're farmers. Um, are they farmers, fishermen? Fisher people? Fishermen. Um, do they have any? Do they? So is there sort of is there trade going on? Like how yeah, isolated are they? I guess there's trade with the main with the mainland. Yeah. Um, I think that this is set in you know maybe a fantasy version of this and that. There's there's some sort of boat travel. I like the idea of it being old, old, old fashioned, but also almost being timeless in the fact that yes, there's. There's talk with the mainland, there's all this sort of stuff going Yeah, on. look, I think it's fantasy in that we don't know enough about history to know the proper technologies of the time, so we make it up for what's convenient. Yep. Sort of fantasy. <laughs> what were your words again? Sorry? Inundated sickness. Sickness? Yeah. Oh, so sickening and sickness. Yeah, you got sickening, cliff. I got sickness, yeah. That's actually so, awesome. I thought yeah. it was thickening for some reason. Oh, Or, no. or thick, thickness. Thick, thickness. <laughs> So, I, I really like the idea that- um, So, is this then, you're sort of oh. trying to solve the, the mystery behind why this happens? Is okay, this is so it some sort of supernatural thing think, or is it a- Yeah, I don't know. Go on. I think what it actually is, is that like there's this um, thing in the town in which there's basically every year um, someone must- um, Someone gets elected to throw themselves off the cliff or something like this. And Ugh. this year, the person re- says no. Right. And there's a there's a sickness that goes through the um through the entire town, mm. sort of almost like a plague. Yeah, yeah. And so there's then the town's like blaming it on this person for refusing, obviously. Yeah. Or that on the on the way there, maybe this could be one of those things in which um, this person was going to going to go throw themselves off the cliff. Mm. But they got struck down by a freak lightning storm or something like that, and couldn't do it on time, and couldn't and couldn't actually do it. They they were killed in another manner, but on on the way to the cliff. Oh, I see. I thought you were going to be playing the person. Oh, I, I was just sort of. I'm sort of going back and forth yeah. between whether you play the person. Or well, I, you- I what I kind of find interesting is maybe it's that you are heading to throw yourself off the cliff, but there's like a band of Merry Man, well, not Merry Man, <laughs> Outlaws sort of thing, like exi- Exiles. Um, and they like they don't believe in this stuff, right? And they they grab you and stop you from doing it and convince you not to do it be- and that it's all bullshit. But then yep. you see that the town has this sickness ravaged running through it. This is ravaged by the um, sickness. And you're, so you're, the whole thing is you're kind of going back and forth. You're like, is this real? Is it not? You need to figure it out. You know, ha- it starts well- with the cattle dying. I, mm-hmm. I kind of like that idea of of seeing, you know, eviscerated cattle sort of thing. Yeah, that's a classic kind of. You know, they kind of rot from the inside out or something. Yep. Um, and then you know, boils lost of food source and um, like local river runs red, sort of like the different plagues of of Egypt or whatever it was. Right. Yeah, you know, well, yeah, we can- I think rather than- uh, we won't base it off, like, actual religious text, but, you know, you no, can come up but- come up with your own similar- with our own similar um, ideas, and that, yeah, in this world, it's it's prophesied in some ways, or, you know, maybe there's the sort of- there's the religious leader who is, uh, you know, making the connections to the prophecies to, to convince the rest of the townspeople- Yeah. Um, so, so I guess, like, have you revealed yourself to the town that you didn't do this, or oh, I mean, um, I, probably I think, not initially, I think they but go, eventually they go and investigate, and they notice that they they never um, your body was never actually found. 
So they, they suspect with <laughs> right. all these Amongst all the bones at the bottom of the cliff from all the previous oh, no, years. I, I, think, I think this is like a, a revered position that, that yeah, you know, okay. they, they go and they try and take care your body of the body. And they, and, yeah, yeah, maybe they just thought you'd been washed out to sea, which is maybe yeah. its own, you know, um, has its own symbolism or, or is a portent of some kind. Um, and maybe initially they're like, oh, yes, like the sea god took took them and that's a good thing. But then this plague starts coming through and they're like, they investigate further and, and somehow, you know, find out that you're not actually dead. Yeah. Um, so, I'm just trying to picture some of the other, you know, what could actually be causing this. I don't, I kind of almost don't want well, it to be, to be supernatural. like a supernatural thing in the end. It's actually someone who's, you know, it's in their best interest that this thing continues on. Oh, it's actually malicious. Yes. Oh, I was wondering whether- this is sort of a story about the struggle of, you know, I'm sure in this time- Faith versus- <laughs> Yeah, like, I'm sure in this time there were people who were sceptical. They just- they didn't have any of the tools or the science or the, you know, any any way to prove it. And they were, and they were would have just been shunned or killed or, or whatever, you know, thrown into a into an asylum or, or, or presumed to be bewitched or something. And so, maybe it's- <laughs> She's a witch! <laughs> so maybe it's having to to work through that somehow, and I mean I don't think there's any way you can convince them, but maybe maybe you, you do manage to solve the source of this plague, and kind of you, you find out that you know there was some sort of soiled feed, and that was caused by some other thing, and and you know, and then obviously because their food source it was, was gone, just everyone was getting everyone was <laughs> sick because they were malnourished, yeah, and that was causing other sicknesses, and that's why there were more deaths and. Yeah, like there are it reasons. Was like a, it was like a radiation sort of thing, and they didn't know anything about radiation at this time. You know? Yeah, yeah, and look, I mean, this person's not going to either. I don't think we can bring in any unless we want to bring in fucking time travel or something. But I actually kind of like the, the idea of this story yeah. that uh, of this in this story that there is this band of exiles, and they are a bit more just they just do think a bit more critically, and they they themselves still don't have the tools to actually do anything about it as such. But you know, they're kind of investigative, and they kind of. Look! Look to the evidence. <laughs> they say maybe the glowing rock that they that they put around each of the cattle's necks may be causing something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like we want, we need to be able to find the cattle in at night. So we found these glowing rocks. <laughs> it's totally plausible. <laughs> um, what I kind of like is you have got like the evil, not not the evil, but like the the reverend of the town who's also yeah. like the, the mayor, who when when they see all these things going on, um, they choose, like, your sister is the next person to, to like, um, to go in, to go in your place, to, to try and appease the gods, as, as it were. Yeah. And so now well, you're on the against it. time maybe to save Maybe there's a part of it that they, they do start sending more people. Like, previously it was once a year, but, you know, when things go bad, they decide, oh, we haven't done it right, like- we need to do it again. And yeah, that yep. there's some sort of personal connection there at the very least up the stakes. Yeah. I, I like the idea of being able to, to really build this relationship with you, with your sister. And you know, you've, you've actually, she's the only one who actually knows the truth that, that you're yeah. still alive. And, you know, you can have a real poignant moment of, you know, she's a, a really strong character and she actually offers herself to, to do this thing. Well, yeah, I like the idea that she's still a believer. Yeah, because um, that could explore some really interesting um, sort of dynamics. Dynamics there too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of like the idea that she actually she offers to to go 
to this thing to to just appease everything. So they're going through a lottery sort of hmm. sort of thing, and she offers herself as tribute. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and you know that could be a real power power move of of her saying that she believes in this thing so much and she she loves her family so much, she's willing to make the sacrifice. Yeah, something and that you could never yeah. do. Yeah, that's interesting. It's interesting, yeah, that you could definitely have some interesting uh, things there about, you know, do you yeah. let them do it because that's something they want, it, something they believe in, even though it's going to end in their death and not going to yeah. solve and anything. Like, you know it's not going to solve anything. And and I think it's it's to do with, you know, what what clues you found along the way, you know, if if you happen to manage to find some of the, some of the clues mm. as you were going, then maybe- um, You can get some different endings based on how well yeah. you're able to, like, convince- her or the rest of the town or something. Yeah. Or or whether, you know, the the things that you found changed your character's mind enough to mm. actually say, no, this is actually something that is hundred percent wrong. Right. Because I, I know every time I every time I play one of these sort of adventure games, I, I feel like this character doesn't necessarily do everything I want them to do. Yeah, I so- think it's important to have the their options and their their behaviour so um, I think in, in this game of, with the character. of yeah. being being able to actually have, depending on the information that they themselves have have uncovered, and therefore you as well, mm. you know, you've almost got to help them uncover and find some of this some of this information. If you know for a fact, because you you have, you know, the um, you have extra information because you see cutscenes from other from other people's point of views, mm. but your character that you're that you're following doesn't have that information. You've got to be able yeah. to find ways of actually relaying that information through, um, you know, actions that you, that you take in the world. Mm. Well, I, so I, it's I, not I, just- I like the idea as well that you know of, of one possible ending being that you know you discover what's causing it, but. You're not able to convince people. You you know how to fix it, but you know that they're going to continue on with this sort of literal witch hunt, witch hunt um, unless unless something happens. And so that's where your sister like offers herself, knowing that that's the only way the townspeople will be appeased. And I think there's a real interesting turnaround there that she's literally sacrificing herself to appease the townspeople, yeah. um, because that's the only way they'll believe it's truly over, even though you're. The one who actually, you know, took the fucking glowing rocks off, <laughs> you know, and threw them in the ocean. <laughs> um, but yeah, like that idea that she's literally sacrificing herself to the town for the town, kind of thing, um, and for and f- perhaps for your sake too, is really powerful. Yep. Very powerful. Cool. cool. All right, three, two, like one, it. click. <laughs> Red admission. Oh God, worshipped monorail. Okay. Um, that's <sighs> oh okay so like this is uh, this the is thought kind of, of dark what, yeah okay i think we're sort of thinking something along similar lines you go first so i'm taking red as russian oh okay no i'm going in a different direction but that's all right um you're you're a russian kid who's got admission to this amazing theme park <laughs> okay yeah very different direction that's all right keep going very different direction um it's the new theme park at Chernobyl. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> and it's like the radiation's gone and we're opening another theme no, park. No, no, no. I'm talking about this is like, say that in this oh, world, this Chernobyl is, didn't happen when it happened. Pre- the abandoned meltdown. theme park that's there actually had its opening day. Okay. Okay. 
and then, you know, something happens on that day. But I think this is an alternate reality that what went down wasn't actually a nuclear meltdown, but something else entirely. That okay. It, that it had something to do with, and I'm going back to this this well in this episode again, but I have a feeling that I like the idea of what actually happened at Chernobyl was- um, I know that you said earlier that we have to actually have these two words together, you know, worship and monorail. But I like the idea that it's like a Lovecraftian worship that's going down, like in in like the nearby power plant that is connected to the <laughs> okay. um, to the town by monorail. All right, all right, that's interesting. Let, let's put a pin in that because I want to tell you my idea too. Okay, which is also building off of certain ideas that we've kind of or themes we've we've used uh, this episode, but a somewhat and it could still be this. This particular amusement park, because I'm thinking a somewhat post-apocalyptic world mm-hmm. where, you know, as as the trope kind of goes, most of Earth's history has been lost. Um, and this is a little bit Stephen Kingy here, too, from Dark Tower sort of thing. But one of the one of the working pieces of technology is this monorail. And maybe you can even bring in a little bit of uh, Snowpiercer. Maybe it just like is con- it never actually stops. <laughs> It's continuously oh going around, and you know, maybe it was. Uh, may- maybe this is a little bit in the future. It's got some sort of re- very long-running power source that just keeps this monorail going around and around. But my idea, what I was thinking, is that the red admission is like maybe people are trying to get onto this monorail, but it's going so fast that, like, whenever anyone tries, they literally just get turned into a paste. Basically, <laughs> but like this is a uh, red mist. This is the red, yeah. Like this is the red admission into whatever like heaven they believe in. It's kind of like Valhalla or something. The ultimate goal of these people is to is to get find out what's on this mo- like to get onto the monorail and travel forever or something. Um. So yeah, anyway, I mean, the basic idea though is just around a a technology worshipping sort of. Hmm. tribe in the in the in a post-apocalyptic future so both of them are narrative games um both yes. of them are, are, have somewhat got a little bit of um post-apocalyptic mm. sort of thing i mean sure mine is before a ca- catastrophe and yours is after a catastrophe sort I of mean, thing. i mean look they could be related yeah Maybe, tell me why yeah. i should choose yours <laughs> well so you said mine you said mine is a narrative and obviously it has narrative aspects um but we have done a lot of those sorts of games today and i almost got the idea that this is actually a bit more of like a real-time strategy sort of thing almost um i'm picturing that sell it to me don't turn me off (laughs) look i know you don't like management games you don't like real-time strategy either i think i think we've gone over this (laughs) have you ever seen me play like starcraft or anything like that yeah i know but i don't play them either but i don't mind them yeah, uh, I, I was like just I-, I was just liking the idea though of that <laughs> top down view and seeing this monorail kind of going around constantly and, and having pass. some sort of sense having to maybe not real time strategy maybe a bit more like settlers or something where you're building up the town and the economy around this idea of this monorail um, and 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 perhaps other ancient technological things that still have a little bit of power or you have to kind of discover a little bit about them, um, you know, which which takes sacrificing your people, but you could get big benefits out of it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like there are some cool ideas there around around being able to build that up 
in this in this particular kind of world. Mine feels like a cool horror game with with like where you get this admission to oh ooh ooh ooh. So I like the idea that like in in this in our world like supposedly that that amusement park was like abandoned and never actually used. I like the idea that on the day of the disaster there was one family who had an early early admission the day before okay. and and they were able to he was basically this this kid um was allowed to like go on all the rides all by themselves because they won some competition <laughs> oh my but god okay more- yeah yeah i i like this because i just had an image <laughs> of this kid of- he gets he gets on the roller coaster yeah and it's you know it's going up he gets to the peak he just gets this vista this view and all of a sudden sees the mushroom tentacles fucking well he sees the mushroom cloud but in the mushroom cloud is like the face of this being and then before he can do anything about it he's going down the roller coaster and he's screaming but he's not screaming from the roller coaster um yeah, so I kind of like the idea that you know it. It then cuts to many years later, and this this team is is going through this. Um, is finally able to, you know, enter this enter this area. Yep. Where all this shit went down, and they actually find like this kid has been living off of like he's now oh he's now an adult know, adult but like in his forties or something because yeah. he's been living all by himself because turns out that being on the roller coaster he was. Above, right, or, or protected, or some something from from the original nuclear fallout, and then just ma- well, maybe because, able to adapt to it or something. Well, like and that. particularly if we're putting a real like dark magic kind of um, Lovecrafty inside of this, maybe you know the fact that he was a witness to it or something protects him, protects him in some way. He sort of got some sort of magical residue from this godlike being that was released by the nuclear meltdown the uh the chain reaction yeah so i don't know what do you think i like both of them (laughs) uh but you know that's fine i don't think there's particularly anything else on mine that uh we can push so we can go uh, we can continue down this path a bit so So who is this is that the whole is that all in the intro um or is the or is it that you like who do you play what who's the protagonist i think this is a game that has multiple protagonists Okay. Um, I I do kind of like the idea of being able to have like a chapter that focuses on like different characters. Yeah, that's like cool. when, when you when you have a look at um like um Game of Thrones, like there's yeah. multiple multiple views that they go through. The idea that you can actually sort of have the first chapter, you're you're the kid, and you know right. you can play on all the different different things, but it's when you get to the roller coaster that. That is when, you know, you set off in motion, like, all the other stuff that was um, going to happen, just because- Yeah, so I think- Well, I think you play the kid, and that's kind of a prologue, right? And that gives you- You get some backstory, you know, maybe your parents are there too, um, and so you're sort of hearing them talk as you're running around, like, playing on things, and you've got the people who are running the rides or running the the sideshows and stuff, um, and and half of them are just like, oh, what the fuck are we doing here for this one kid? Yeah, but in Russian, um, and uh, yeah, like that's that's sort of you know it, it's a five ten minute prologue, and you go around, you do that stuff, you finally get to the roller coaster, and you know you can look around and you see your parents down there, 
and then this thing happens and you know if you're looking at the right if you're looking at the right spot as you come down the other side of this of this roller coaster you you like see them just decimate you just see them turn to dust you you see them go from like skin to skeleton to dust to just blowing away yeah so and- well and you see their spirit right <laughs> because there's like some <laughs> mystical, uh, mystical thing on. here too yeah so what I love is that you you hear screaming that turns into an alarm clock and that's you know that's someone waking up and this person is like um a scientist who's just been woken up they they may be um at their office they they're about to go on the monorail to to go to the um to go to the um you know site zero yeah this is the first day that scientists allowed are allowed into this thing um, right, the military's finally kind of cleared it. Because it's a fantasy land, I'm thinking that it's like, you know, maybe 20, 30 years after the event. After the event. Um, I can't remember what, when the event happened. I think it was in the 1970s, so this is maybe set in the 1990s. It was, well, I think it was the 80s that it happened, but... It was the 80s, was it? I think so. So, it's set in the early 2000s. So, yeah. the the kid is, like, only, like, 86. 30 years old now. 1986. 86. So, 2006. And just, uh, I'm liking the fact that maybe it was, you're a scientist now, but it was your cousin who was the boy who got the, um, right, got the golden ticket to of, go to the- Yeah. Yeah. So, it's a family member. And you're, you know, halfway through the investigation into the, um, you, you're checking out the theme park first because you want to see where, where your, um, where your cousin died. And you, you find the parents' remains or, you know, what you, what you know of your aunt and uncle's remains and- mm. You don't find your cousins, and your cousin turns up like in yeah. I don't know maybe the spook house or something like that. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, look, I can I can definitely picture some really cool cinematic stuff that you could do with that, and um, some cool story points. Yeah, and he's kind of feral at the start, and then when you start yeah. talking, yeah, and then you start kind of so then so uh, does that I assume that the other kid. The brother, cousin stays a character. Do they kind of recover somewhat, or are they? Is are um, they, I, I, I you have to like lock them up for their own safety because they really are feral. I think you know as as you as you go on, you know they they gradually remember some words and that sort of stuff. It's mm-hmm. just I think it's a good thing to have like a difficulty communicating at first. So yep. you're trying to figure out why this person, uh, why your cousin survived, and that sort of stuff. Yep. But eventually, you 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 sort of finale. Actually, takes place at like the um, at the Chernobyl nuclear plant itself, where you find out that the um, the lead scientist of your um, of your investigation is actually trying to bring about the apocalypse again. Right. So maybe this was a failed attempt to like break through to a demon demonic dimension or something. Yeah. And so what the what the cousin saw, what the boy saw was, you know, they're breaking that creature breaking through, but. But also but, breaking containment but, at the same time. Yeah, but in the end, it was not able to complete its kind of transition. But that also resulted then in yeah. in in the nuclear um, in the chain reaction or whatever that caused the caused the fallout. Um, yeah, and I think maybe what you can find out later on is there was actually someone who sabotaged like what they were trying to do. Just happened to be someone else mm, there who mm, who mm. saved everyone. It wasn't it wasn't that. The people trying oh, to organize yeah. it. Oh, yeah. I like the mistake. idea now of the grizzled old man. He's now in his 70s. You know, he was in his 40s at the time. Now he's in his 70s. He's like, I've got to fucking stop this shit again. And he's like helping you. 
That's got some good ideas. Yeah, yeah, totally. I like that a lot. I think we will finish it up there tonight. Thank you for joining us this week on BitStorm. If you want to find us online, we are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as BitStormCast. We are on Podchaser at podchaser.com slash BitStorm, and you can find links to our Facebook group and our YouTube there. I will mention we are now on Spotify as well, since they opened that up to literally everybody this week. So that's Yay. not really special, but you can find us on there. Just search for BitStorm and it'll come up. If you're Apple Podcasts inclined, we're on iTunes where you can rate, review and subscribe. We'd like to plug our friends at the AGPN, the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network. Just search for hashtag AGPN on Twitter or look at the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network Facebook page and you'll find lots of other awesome Australian gaming podcasts there. Finally, we'd like to thank Kuradust for the song Mount Defiance of the album Containment Failure. Yes, we would. So thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. And I'm Trevor Scott. And I'm half a shark. (laughs) A shaman, if you would. (laughs) 